The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. The views expressed by the hosts and guests of the Comic Book Chronicles are the opinions of said hosts and guests. They do not reflect the opinions of the Comic Book Chronicles, the Click Nation, or the Coast Leather Podcast Network in any part. Thank you. Spoilers. Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of the Comic Book Chronicles. I am your host, Ryder Cat. You can find me at Ryder Cat on Twitter. You can find me at Newsnet's Needle Twitter. You can find me at TP Caps on Instagram. South Carolina with Columbia down the way. And I'm still doing some checking, so please, uh... Take it! Let me clear my throat! With me are the, the person who made those sound effects that you have heard so loud and clear, 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 clear. One agent underscore 70 in Twitter and Instagram and threads. What's up, everybody? We're... Coming to you just a little bit behind schedule, but you know, the holidays are what they are. But we are now here just a few days before Christmas. I am co hosting from the Borough of Kings. Is Brooklyn in the house without a doubt? Indeed. Uh, you know, sometimes things happen, and sometimes you have to recover from things, and sometimes you have to test things in a live fire situation to see if things. <laughs> are um going as they should uh and you know sometimes you you have to you have to see about it okay that's a good that's a good sign that's a damn good sign all right so we're gonna keep this pop, uh train of popping and say that this uh, you can find this here podcast on the Coastal Podcast Network. That's cspn.us. Do it today. And you can find us also on your podcast perusal place of choice, whether it be Google Play, Apple iTunes, like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and the Coastal Podcast Network's SoundCloud page. Make sure to click like, subscribe, and leave us all the positive five-star reviews, especially on Apple Podcasts. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Oh, I didn't know they did that. That's cool. Um, folks, we are coming. To, well, wait. Well, I don't do that later. We are coming to you, um, the day before the day before Christmas. So happy Christmas Eve, Eve. To there everyone you go. who celebrates. Um, I know that is probably one a Christian slash U.S. thing. Well, it's not a U.S. slash uh, U.S. thing, but you know what I'm saying. A lot of people outside of people in the U.S., but you know. Mm-hmm. but things are things so we hope that folks and uh, once you hear this will probably be after Christmas not uh, not I'm thinking about it so hopefully you have had a, a great uh, wonderful and peaceful Christmas holiday or, or, or Christmas day and Eve and don't get too fat off of uh, food and you know etc 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 but we hope it's great for you 
Um, what was I going to say? I don't know. We're going to get to start off with, though, talking about uh, last week's Monarch Legacy of Monsters, uh, which we know that by the time we are recording uh, tonight, there are two. But we, uh, since the the the, uh, the new episode is still fresh, and I haven't seen it, can't really talk about that much <laughs> about that. So, um, what was it? Episode six was last week, and I don't know right. if you have the name of the episode. I can get it in a second. It won't okay. take very long. Cool. It won't take very long for me to get it. I also don't want to. Uh, run ahead because if I'm not mistaken, um, we have the names of not just this week's episode but next week's episode also. Right. Oh, they do just get load those. moment, and I am going to see it. Okay, so uh, this week's episode, oh, last week's episode is terrifying miracles. So, yeah, um, and I guess we, we, um, if you watch the show, you can probably guess what said terrifying miracle was, which was stemming from another episode. At least that's what I'm taking from it anyway. Right. Um, about something that they, that folks thought that happened that uh, apparently did not, but, and we knew that didn't (laughs) cause let's face it. You can't keep a good mind down. Right. And ultimately, I think what was cool about this episode is that you get to see some of the more interpersonal uh, uh, relationships that are teased as having occurred. And then, you know, uh, we actually get a little bit of payoff because we get to see present day and uh, previous iterations of at least one of the characters, specifically um, uh, Kurt Russell's character. Lee Shaw, yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we, you know, what's funny is that we actually get his full name. I, you know, this is a very minor spoiler. We actually get his full government name in this week's episode, episode seven, which Roddy Cat has not seen, but that he has. But uh, Colonel Shaw has the opportunity to literally spit out his entire name first, middle and last um, mm-hmm. for on. A, uh, he has an occasion for it. And it's kind of amusing, but um, so, in any uh, event, oh, okay. getting go sorry, no, go ahead. Can I say what I say after you finish? Get getting back to uh, terrifying miracles last week. Last week's episode, you know, what one of the things I was referring to is a little bit of the uh, the the sexual and romantic tension between uh, Colonel Shaw and Doctor. Uh, goodness, I forget her last name. Keiko Mura, Mura, Doctor Mura, right. Right. There's a, because there's obviously before Dr. Miura and uh, Dr. Um, Randa, Randa get together ultimately. Mm-hmm. So and also uh, uh, because of that potential wannabe blossoming relationship or not uh, something else, we get to see how something else comes to pass. Uh, a slight changing of the guard, as some would say. Uh, and also. Shaw fucked up. <laughs> right. Because right. he was being led by, well, he wasn't being led by the nose. I shouldn't say that, but he, he, he was leading his own self by the nose, put it that way. Right. I, I, you know what, what? Ultimately he was, 
you know, chasing something that was ultimately not going to be his. So. Right. But, oh, and going back to what I was going to say before I forget. No, he is, I, I mean, he has not said it, but his full name has been said on the show a couple of times already. Actually. Oh, has it? Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, in the first episode, uh, yeah, they, they say his, uh, his full name gets said out by one of the, uh, by his, uh, by the general dude, I think. Hmm. So. Okay. Uh, but yeah, so yeah, it's not the first time his, 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 his whole government was, was put out there. In fact, I think they might have said it again in that ep- in this particular uh, episode six. So, oh, man. that's funny. Yeah. Well, in any event, though, what we have here in this episode is not just that bit about uh, Shaw and his, you know, and and his connection to the Randas, and the, you know, when I say the Randas, I also mean Doctor Miura. Right. Um, uh, also, what we have here is uh, a, the connection between. Some work that the Dr. Mura and 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 and, the, and Randa and, and and Colonel Shaw observed being done, and what I guess could be best put as the next generation of that work being done. Yes, you know we get to see that being done, not quite in the present day, but in the recent past. Yes. So yeah, they so in that particular episode there was like yeah, we 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 see something get brought up and it gets brought up later on in an episode. And we also actually we can go ahead and say this part, I guess. Um part of a goal was sort of met with the Randa kids. Because they were trying to find someone and they did find right. them. Right, 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 right. Long, didn't exactly they found them. turn out the way they thought. Right. So we still so we still have a mystery going on with that piece of the puzzle. Um and uh, we're going to go into as Agent 70 kind of informed me um uh prior to the show, uh the the current show, or at least episode seven, is getting to into some backstory about another character. Right, who, right. And it's no it's it, it's not really a spoiler because if you're in the Apple TV app, you'll see what the next episode is titled. Right. And, and it's almost a play on, uh, you know, it's, it's a play on a, uh, on an older, on an older, it's on, let's say a long time saying, but, uh, you know, people who are Eminem fans will, uh, have a particular lyric running through their head. Mom spaghetti? No. <laughs> oh, which is kind of funny that cuz well for another reason cuz that that's been coming up a couple of times lately in right. relation to the Goonies at least for with me. But anyway, that's Right. Well, I mean, weird. he's he's marketing Mom spaghetti as a spaghetti sauce. Right. Oh, wait, really? Like an actual Yeah. Yes. Oh, I did not know that. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Oh, you knew that. That's funny. I did not know that. No. Uh, okay. You know what? Sure, it makes sense. Whatever. But um <laughs> I'm gonna have to look it up, Bob. But yeah, so back to uh Monarch though. Um yeah, that, like I said, I can't really say too much. I can't say anything about the the the, the most recent episode because I haven't seen an Age of Seventy head, so I don't know if there's something else that he wants to mention no, off of it. No, uh, not at all. I, I do not want to spoil it for you and you know, having it just come out today, it would only be appropriate to talk about it next week. 
Right. Or not like, today, but yesterday. You know, yesterday, since we're, right. we're we're recording this a little late because of you know a little bit of a holiday, a little bit of things happening. So yeah. So, but yeah, I'm a well. I probably won't watch it tonight, but I'll probably try to catch it uh, tomorrow sometime. Um, sure, you have tomorrow. You have Monday. Yeah, no, well, no, I'm probably gonna be doing things Monday, but yeah. Um, either way, it'll be rec- it'll be it'll be soon. So the only thing I'm kind of curious about that's been that I've been wondering about with the show is we saw a thing happen with. Um, I mean, it's. Spoiler alert, uh, folks! A legendary monster shows up once or twice during the course of this thing, right? Um, and I'm kind of wondering. We don't necessarily get the sense of it, uh, but I'm kind of wondering if the one thing that happens that kind of made people think a certain thing about him ends up happening because of because of that particular thing. So we know Godzilla, you know, we know the extent of Godzilla's powers. Um, I'm wondering if before this, before that thing happened, he did not have that. And that was the that was the impetus for that happening. But they're not showing that yet because of, you know, reasons. Right, 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 right. And also, once again, well, not even once again, but we, we haven't heard the, the titular uh, Godzilla theme and I'm kind of wondering if they're going to save that for the last episode because they want to be like, okay, no, we got this is going this is going to be the end thing that ends up the ends of this going into the next movie, and they're just going <laughs> to end it up with him just roaring and they doing the thing then. Even Maybe we've seen him. So because it kind of bummed me out a slightly a little bit. It was like, wait, he's shown up, but they didn't do the music. But right. I also kind of get why I think if they do right. if they do it that way. Right. The last thing I'll say on this is that uh, do we have an episode count on this? Is it eight or ten? I believe it's ten, but I'm not sure actually. Okay, which means we still have eight coming up next week, and then two after. Right. So I wonder if they don't close with Godzilla, but rather with Kong. That would be an interesting twist. You know, because obviously it's all been very Japan centric, very Godzilla centric. Right. But I wonder if they don't throw us a little curveball and end this with Kong because they open it kind of with Kong because of the Skull Island reference. Yeah. Yeah. No, they open it with John Goodman running right on, on Skull Island. Right. With but they don't. Trends. Right. But they don't make any mention of Kong for the entirety of this mm. until maybe the end. Maybe, maybe. So I'm you know, seeing here. On, interest, I, it's an interesting thought, you know, because now Godzilla and Kong are intertwined and not just from the previous movie, but the next one. Right. Uh, I am seeing I, IMDb. There are 10 episodes listed. Nice. So that's a good thing. Yeah. I like the series. They're do, they've done a very good job. And they've been like full, you know, like they've been all close to an hour and they've been pretty packed. And, and you can safely say that. It's is so far has been one of those that's been like you know what I'm not looking at the time. <clears throat> there, there's no, there doesn't seem to be any wasted moments in the show. Right, I am more trust me, I am more than pleasantly surprised at the way this show is turning out. <laughs> so yeah, even though no one knew what in the hell it was supposed to be about outside of what it was you know you know what um what the the title and whatnot is intimating, but right, you know you can't really say. So yeah. 
but anyway, that is that is a Monarch Legacy of Monsters. I will definitely be checking out the next episode when I get a chance. Um, and I don't think we have anything. Well, we will say that um, it is the 23rd as of this recording. Uh, the second season of Marvel's What If has started and they're doing one per day. So, which means at the right. point two I have coming out, come out. I have not seen either one yet, but Agent Seventy has, so he can give his impressions on the two that he saw. I've seen both. The second episode is stronger than the first, but I like the first one also. But that second one is a doozy, and I'll say the first, the 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 one thing that I mentioned to Rodicat, which is not even a, a spoiler, but. When I told it to Rodicat, he basically said, well, that's one of these things that comes up in uh, discussing Marvel animation, which is you're always surprised at who or which actors they are able to bring in and which actors do not reprise their live action roles in the animation. So when you take a look at the credits and just in listening to uh, the episodes as they go along, you're like, well, that's actually, you know, X person's voice, but that's not Y person's voice. So, you know, you wonder why they would not participate in, 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 in this particular project. You know, that's purely conjecture at this point. Right. So, right. Yeah. Like I said, yeah, we've seen that all through all the season one, but yeah, if he's, he's, basically teasing me on, on something interesting. I'm like, okay, so who in the world are they talking about in this particular case? <laughs> right. Right. Basically, basically what I was getting at is there's one particular role that I was very surprised to see, uh, an actor not return to reprise that role. Right. Is it Louise? Don't, 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 don't do that to me if it's Louise. No. <laughs> he, he, gotta, gotta have Louise in at some point. We um, need him back at some point. He was not in Quantum Media. No right. spoilers, you know. Right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and then plus that's muscles or whatever. So it's a, it is what it is. Um, well, speaking of news, we know who won't be coming back after Quantum Mania, but that'll that'll be. Something oh fun no! Uh, I was about to say we talked about that last week, didn't we? And, uh, the, it hadn't. Things hadn't uh, been confirmed. It, it hadn't been um, finalized. No, that the case was still going. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, no, no we we just got the the actual thing, but I'm sure folks would probably know what I'm talking about. We'll, we'll get into that in the news, but first we're going to get into the books with uh, starting off with uh, Amazing Spider-Man number forty. Amazing Spider-Man number forty is written by Zeb Wells with pencils by John Romita Jr. inks by Scott Hanna. Colors by Marcio Meniz and letters, of course, by our favorite lettering Paisan VCs, Joe Caramagna. We are again neck deep in the throes of the gang war. And this issue jumps right into where Spidey, She-Hulk and their surprise partner uh, in not crime or non-crime. Uh, as they take on various factions who are duking it out in the gang war. One, one thing that comes up is Tombstone playing playing strategist, but to a certain extent also playing things closer to the vest than I think 
Spidey and She-Hulk know. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'll kind of leave it at that and hand it off to Roddy Cat because uh, that's really, you know, where we are on this front in the gang war. I know that there are a couple of character stories that progress somewhat here. And the cliffhanger page is very much tied into, I will say, the aftermath, or actually, let's just say the current stories in Fall of X. Yes, because that character is one that's kind of been all, you know, in a few different places at this point, and there being one of them. Right. Which actually, that reveal was, weirdly enough, kind of a surprise, but kind of wasn't, you know? It was like, oh, okay, but at the same time, like, okay, sure, why would he be here, you know? <laughs> right. During all right. It's all about remembering what's happening now in the greater Marvel universe. Right. You know, it's like they had to bring this particular character to New York from where the character was, so things had to happen. Or, you know, they had to time it correctly. Right. So, outside of that, though, I was kind of... Um, I was kind of enjoyed uh, uh, I kind of enjoyed the way the the issue started because it started with a certain group that's more known to uh go up against a certain uh avenging archer uh from from days past and even in live action version I guess you could, you could say so yes the fact that they were still around in 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 showing up here even as you know opening fodder <laughs> was um was still kind of fun and to see. All we have to say is one word, bro. Yep, bro. I was like, <laughs> oh snap, it's dim. Which you know, you could <laughs> you could tell it right off the bat before you even say it, but still. So, but yeah, uh, but, but uh, but that was that was kind of fun to see before it kind of jumps off into the thing. We get another fastball special. I will say that it was like, which I love how um the whole thing, like yeah, just. <laughs> she she hoped just got got Peter got Spidey just in his in the palm of her hand just fling, which is kind of funny, uh, but it's always funny. It was like wow they just been throwing no no pun intended throwing the fastball specials around you know in the last uh, little bit, but right. um but yeah the whole the, the whole thing with Tombstone is probably is I assume going to end up a certain way. Um, but also it had it kind of had me thinking. It's like, wait, wasn't this other Fisk dead? Kinda. I kind of don't remember how this other Fisk came back, right? Uh, or um, if they're back, you know, right, 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 right. Um, I kind of don't remember. We read right. too many comic books. Yeah, there I is that. To, yeah, I wanted to add that I, I. As, as as much as I kind of chuckled at the redesign of the Beetle, I thought it was needed because we needed to differentiate this Janice Lincoln version. Despite the fact that it's female, we know, right? It's a female Beetle, uh, you know, kind of her, her taking a darker path and possibly, uh, you know, siding, you know, or, or going down a darker path as opposed to where she had been before. So they had to differentiate like one version of the character from another. 
Right. They basically gave her another suit like Spidey. <laughs> kind of. But, you know, I, I like that they made her, you know, like it's 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 more it's noticeably more for lack of a better term, villainous looking. I sure. Yes. But also I'm like, what? She's going more demonic with this or something, because that's what it more looks like than than, you know, than the old suit. But mm-hmm. I'm like, you know what? Sure, everybody's getting new suits uh, uh, at this point. You know, Spidey didn't change suits yet, but you know, he just got out of uh, got out of one, so I guess that's why not. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, this is just probably you know we've talked about this um, particular issue longer than it probably needed to. The only other thing to say is, um, Madam Mask is making a play, which uh, yes. is not an unheard of play given given her pedigree. So. Yeah, there is that. So, you know, pieces are moving, things are going on, and like I said, the the, um, the reveal at the end just kind of brings on an, uh, an old classic back into play. Sure. Uh, with that, we are going to go into the next book, which is Doctor Strange number 10. Doctor Strange number 10 is written by Jed McKay with art by Pasquale Ferry, colors by Heather Moore, and letters by VCs Corey Petit. So in this uh, follow-up, we're basically picking up right where the last issue left off with uh, Doctor Strange versus General Doctor Strange, as it were, or at least General Strange, who is a far more uh, ruthless version of Stephen Strange. And one interesting thing that they do in this issue is that they find a way to resolve the conflict without I'll use the word fisticuffs because it does come up in a comic book that I read this week <laughs> but also there is an underlying or let's just say a, a, a background mystery that continues to play out in the pages of Jed McKay's Doctor Strange and that involves Clea not so much a mystery but a subplot which involves her not wanting to jeopardize what happiness she's found after all this time now that Stephen Strange is back from the dead. So uh, with that, I'll hand it off to Roddy Cat. Yeah, no, there's actually not much else uh, to, to say about it. Um, it was an interesting end to or resolution to that whole general strange thing. And I suspect that is because that they're going to come back up, uh, uh, for something else. Right. Cause they didn't just outright get rid of them. Um, and I suppose that what we saw in the epilogue is definitely going to, uh, loom over things, you know, I guess rightly so, but we'll see where, uh, how long Jed McKay is going to, going to kind of, uh, spread that out, you know, and, and use what he still got in, uh, got going on. So, sure. I enjoyed this issue. Well, one of the things that really stands out in this current run of Dr. Strange is Pasquale Fighter's art mm-hmm. and Heather Moore's colors and how they complement each other because it's, I, I, I kind of hesitate to say what would Steve Ditko's work have looked like with digital colors and how trippy would all that have been, mm-hmm. you know, because there are some trippy visuals going on 
and some really cool and inventive layouts that are happening in the pages of Doctor Strange right now under the care of Pasquale Ferry and seeing how some of the colors are dialed back or muted or even made even more psychedelic looking, you know, given the palettes that the current color artists can use uh, with the computer enhanced coloring. I can only imagine what the Ditko color, what the Ditko art would look like with those colors. Mm. You know, the okay. Ditko strange art. So right. that's all I wanted to say about that. No, I'm actually glad you mentioned it up because there was a certain part of this issue that kind of um, made me think of, especially when it got trippy like that, like we were saying, kind of reminded me of uh, the Doctor Strange Fall Sunrise miniseries from uh, from last year because mm-hmm. that was Heather Moore also colored that also. So I guess it kind of makes sense. But it was tra- Trad Moore who uh, wrote and penciled it. Right. And the individuals there were bonkers. Trippier. Yes. Yeah, that's Trad Moore. Wait. Trad Moore is, you know, I I, I get that. Mm-hmm. So it was like, it was like, are they going back into that thing? Or is this is just like touching on? But like you said, you, I think you, you, you hit it a little bit more on the head. It was like, it's kind of more Ditko-esque thing than, than what he was going. But it did kind of, kind of make me think about that for a second. <laughs> yep. Anywho's, um, but yeah, it was a good, it was a good issue. I'm looking to see what's going to happen next in the pages of uh, of Doctor Strange. So that's a uh, it's cool stuff. Uh, now though, since we don't necessarily have anything else in common, we can go ahead and hit up um, the uh, spin up the uh, the minigun. I will spin up the minigun and start off our rapid fire review segment. I ain't got time to bleed. All right. First up is Nightwing number 109. It's written by Tom Taylor with art by Stephen Byrne, colors by Adriana Lucas, and letters by Wes Abbott. So we finish off this little mini pirate storyline that Nightwing has been on. And, you know, we it, it, it resolves itself in a very cool way. There is some closure to be had between characters, but also an old wound opened up at the end of this issue, which was kind of an underlying uh, plot point during this pirate story. And it's interesting to see how these stories continue to build upon each other, especially on some of the things that happened when Nightwing was not Nightwing, but rather uh, Rick, you know, when he had been uh, after he had been shot in the head by KG Beast. So uh, Nightwing continues to be a good book. This is a candidate for this is a potential candidate for click of the week. Next up is Philadelphia number 32. It's written by Rodney Barnes with art by Jason Sean Alexander and Herman Aramusbe. Colors by Lee Luffridge and letters by Marshall Dillon. Philadelphia continues to go a little bonkers when it comes to guest guest appearances because we went from one wild image guest appearance to another. We are now firmly established that Philadelphia is inside the image comics universe, which is wild because they've really done a number on the city of Philadelphia. They even have some, you know, some, some, 
They, they even have characters make digs against the, the city of Philadelphia in this issue. So you wonder how these other image characters might react to, you know, an actual city being under siege by vampires. So at the end of the day, you know, this is still fun. I'm not so enthusiastic about the image guest stars, but I understand, you know. Uh, I'm not, I'm not, you know, I, I, I feel like I'm paraphrasing Chris Rock. I'm not saying they should have put these guest stars in it, but I understand. So next up is God's number three. It's written by Jonathan Hickman with art by Valerio Schiti, colors by Marte Gracia and letters by VCs Travis Lanham. If you have not yet picked this up, it's still early. Reissues in, you still have the opportunity to jump on while the getting is good and while things are still relatively fresh and easy to understand. That's a lot. It's a lot to say that when it comes to Hickman writing, because there's there's a ton of mumbo jumbo in here. A ton of it. I'm talking about issues one through three. I'm talking inclusively about all the issues. There's a ton of mumbo jumbo because there's quite literally three issues of world building going on at the same time. We have three issues of introducing mostly new characters with a few Marvel characters thrown in to help provide some grounding as it were, some background and context for how these characters fit into the greater Marvel universe. What Hickman is doing is expanding upon the magic and somewhat cosmic parts of the Marvel universe these characters seem to fit in relatively seamlessly, relatively, uh, I guess the best way to put it would be compliment. They would they complement other characters that already exist in the Marvel universe, whether or not he's able to land a plane on telling a good opening story arc is still left to be seen. But I think that these characters are well-written. I think that they are, I hate to say realistic because we, we're getting some point of view characters here, which are kind of fun. They're very much uh, realistic in, in, in the sense that they are of a mo- of a more modern time. So you can kind of hear modern things coming out of their lips, as it were. So, you know, I think it's worth giving a chance to. And I'm going to stick with it. Next up is Uncanny Avengers number five of five. It's written by Jerry Duggan with art by Javier Garon, colors by Maury Hollowell, and letters by VCs Travis Lanham. I enjoyed most of this book except for the ending. I was not a fan of how this book ended. You know, it's not a Pyrrhic victory, as it were, but it's more... more... uh, uh, more analogous to some of the real-world happenings that are going on in the world right now. And that's the part that's kind of, you know, kind of a drag. But all in all, I thought it was fun. Uh, Obviously, this is Cap leading a a team of mostly X-Men. You know, it's the Unity Squad of Avengers. And it's fun to see him interact with some of these characters, especially Rogue and Quan you know, who is is Psylocke now. And, uh, you know... As annoying as Quicksilver is, it's nice to see him, you know, get smacked around every once in a while. Last but not least is Wolverine number 40. It's written by Benjamin Percy with art by Ibrahim Mustafa, 
colors by Frank Darmada and letters by VCs Corey Petit. Wolverine has been in the last several months, a story of Wolverine on the run from the forces of Orcus and looking to team up with various characters in the Marvel universe that he has had at least mostly positive relationships with. We're talking black Panther. We're talking captain America. We're talking, uh, I think I'm missing one. So I, I remember there was a black Panther. There was, uh, Captain America. This issue was Spider-Man. I, I think I'm missing one and I apologize. But this issue was Spider-Man. And to see uh, Wolverine uh, interact with Spider-Man in just a really fun way as they take on the forces of Orcus here is just pretty fun. Um, you know, Percy has a way of writing Wolverine interacting with other heroes that is that just seems right. It seems right. And it does bring in some of the context of Wolverine's very, very long history in the Marvel Universe. It brings that context to bear in how each of these characters interact with Wolverine now in the wake of Krakoa, in the wake of the fall of Krakoa. So, and in the wake of Orcus basically hunting down all the mutants. So, uh, you know, this was, you know, it, 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 the, the last few issues of Wolverine have been fun. Um, hopefully we will see this, uh, fall of X stuff, uh, really start to ramp up and we'll get to see how this storyline ends sooner rather than later. I feel like it's been drawn out just a touch. So, but I guess that's coming from someone who's been reading this since jump. So it feels like it's been a while, uh, almost too long. And with that, I will hand it off to Roddy Cat. All right, and I'm going to take the rock and dribble it down the court in sports ball. Uh, Star Trek <laughs> number 15 is my first book. Uh, there we go. Written by Colin Kelly and Jackson Lansing. Art by Barker's Toe. Colors by Lee Luffridge. And uh, letters by Clayton Cowles. So this is um, Cisco and Crew's continual um, mission on the Zinkethi home planet. Uh one part of the story is dealing with um, uh, uh, Beverly Crusher and Scotty trying to figure out why there is so much tectonic uh, activity going on. And Scotty kind of uh, uh, internal monologuing about, uh, you know, his place and things, but also things that haven't really changed because of, you know, some of these uh, new folks are, are still kind of like uh, the, the folks he, uh, that we know he's used to, um, serving with in, in ways. So there's that. And there's a lot of introspection going on in this uh, uh, issue because you, you see a, a conversation between Tom Paris and Harry Kim about uh, Harry Kim's um, blossoming badassness in the story, which we never got to see on Voyager. So, and they kind of, they have a little talk on that, but it all uh, kind of um, gets wrapped around in this, Zinkethi um, ritual that uh, Cisco and crew um, and a Romulan contingent are <clears throat> taking part of, and the winner gets the right to basically court the Zinkethi um, high priestess uh, if if they survive the experience. So, to which, given the end of this uh, issue, 
who's to say how that's going to turn out for one particular character, but I don't think let's put it this way. If I had seen this in another way, I would have been pissed, but also I'm, um, but I'm kind of holding tight to where I was like, no, that's, that's not a thing that's going to happen to, to, to a person uh, of that status. But we'll we'll see what happens in the next issue. But I've been continuing to like Star Trek, uh, the 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 ongoing book. So it's uh it's it's been pretty good. Um, there's also some. Oh wait, no, that's the next book which I get to, which is actually Star Trek Defiant number ten. Um, which is written by Christopher Cantwell, pencil pencils by Mike Feehan and Powell Rodericks. With inks by Maria Keene and Paul Rodericks, uh, colors by Marissa Louise, and letters by Clayton Cowles. So this is the the uh, ongoing adventures of uh, the of Worf and his uh, um, burned crew of uh, ex. Well, yeah, might as well say ex Starfleet at, at this point in time, who are well, officially burned, excuse me, crew of people, but they are still working for for Starfleet unofficially because they've been sent to hunt down, basically bounty hunt um, ghosts of uh, Star Trek shows past. And this particular issue is um, um, Ramesson, who was a one-off character from TNG, who was basically a played it he basically um uh he was from the past ended up in the future but played himself or as somebody who was in the future trying to get future tech to go back and sell to, in, in the past but he got caught by the enterprise and uh and i guess he was still running around and you know the powers that be sent uh sent the wars crew after him but not just after him it's after him because what he's trying to do with another TOS um, uh, thing or, or, or a group of people, the Telosians. And if you know about the Telosians, they're psychic folks. And there's a whole thing with all of that, um, which I which I, I do love the resolution that happens at the end of this uh, uh, issue because it, it, it kind of shows a couple of things. Uh, well within Star Trek, so I was like, okay, that's still that's still a thing. But I feel like this is all leading somewhere with what they're doing, but we don't know why just yet. But we'll see. Um, Batman, Superman, World's Finest number twenty-two is my next book. Uh, written by Mark Wade, art by Dan Mora, colors by Tamara Bonvillain, and letters by Steve Wands. So they're still on Kingdom Come Earth, which is Earth twenty-two. Uh, they've kind of been on the run because, um, well, they're, they're looking for Superman's former sidekick uh, slash, uh, well, formerly unknown sidekick who had uh, been uh, thrown through time again after their last outing. Um, but he ended up getting in bed with a character called Gog. And some folks may know of a another character called Mugog uh, mm-hmm. in the DC parlance. And, uh, well, that comes into play during the course of this story, let's just say. Um, and we also get, uh, you know, 
we all will also get a potential team up of the Earth Twenty Two and I guess whatever Earth Prime uh, designated Supermans and uh, Batmans because of what is going on during the course of the story, or at least what's going on at the end of the story is what they find out about. So cool. Uh, next up, uh, Astonishing Iceman number five of five. I believe this actually was the case. I should put that down there. Uh, written by Steve Orlando, art by Vincenzo Caruto, Caratu, excuse me, color artist uh, Hava Tataglia, and letters by VCs Travis Lanham. So yeah, this is the last uh, issue, and it's a big knockdown, drag down fight with uh, Iceman and this Mr. Clean character. It's probably no relation to the uh, commercial spokesperson, and probably no copyright infringement, I assume. But, you know, hey, it is what it is. But um, this Mr. Clean person was an Orcus, uh, Orcus uh, agent. And uh, like I said, this is the last fight with them. And um, leading into where Bobby may or may not end up next. Let's just say. So, yeah. Uh, and last one for me is... Agent 7 is not the only one with an uncanny book this week. Uncanny Spider-Man number 5, written by Cy Spurrier, art by Lee Garbett and Simon Buenfantino, uh, uh, colors by Matt Miller, and letters by VC's Joe Caramagna. So... Actually, I don't... I should have... Um, I kind of half-skimmed, half-read this book, so, that's, so just say that right off the bat. But... Um, Kurt, at the end of the last uh, issue, supposedly got caught by Orcus, thanks to Silver Sable, uh, which ends up being a ruse between him, her, and uh, and Mystique, because we know she's kind of been around. Uh, as I say in my notes, uh, the writers are having a little bit more, a little bit of fun expanding uh, on uh, Mystique's, well, continuing to expand on Mystique's abilities, because we know that that was... Um, uh, more expanded on in uh, the X-Men Blue Origins uh, story and other places. But uh, there's a whole big thing going on uh, while they're inside Orcus. We find a piece of the puzzle that's, that we I'm not sure we still know about because we know there's some techno-organic um, business going on to which uh, Warlock does show up and kind of clean that part up. Um, but I don't think we got to why that happened in the first place uh, from this. Um, and we get some fairly, um, uh, a funny moment that I told agent 70 about between mystique and silver sable who has, uh, been seeing Kurt during this whole thing, uh, this whole, uh, mini series or series so far. So that's a, is a, an amusing read itself. And that's pretty much it uh, for me. Clicks of the week. Clicks of the week. So I don't know if Agent 70 asked, but I surely did not ask our other. Um, uh, oh, I did not. That's fine. They're probably busy doing other stuff anyway. So Yes, it is, you know, just a few days before Christmas. So Right. So, um, 
it's all good. Um, I was going to say something about one of the books Agent 70 uh, mentioned, probably two of them, actually. I know that called Philadelphia Day because we were talking about it behind the uh, behind the scenes about that whole thing. Like, I'm not up on Philadelphia, but I read the kind of solicitation for this issue, and it was like, and and the last one also, but I was like, okay, they're just kind of, I, I think my words was pulling a skybound, which I know Skybound right. is not the only ones to do to do what they are doing now, but it was like, it was kind of funny that they're taking 30 issues to kind of do such a thing. <laughs> like, I don't know if it was kind of a, a directive uh, somewhere in the middle of the story. It was like, hey, we need to do this. Or that was right. something that was planned in, um, uh, already. But right. It, it might funny. be a sales thing. Right. I wonder if it's a sales thing just because, you know, we're 30 issues in. I don't know if there's an end in sight. Mm-hmm. That's kind of my, not concern, but my observation. That there's not necessarily an end in sight. I thought this issue, I thought this book ob- were, was going to end around 25, to be honest. Right. I thought that that. was like a natural stopping point, like the story that they had reached around 25. But we're five issues later, and we're like, well, it's 30. Are we ending? No. But after 30 is when we get into the image guest stars. I'm like, well, are we we jumping the shark? Are we going off the rails? We don't know yet. Right. Or, like I said, either it's something they had already planned, or maybe there were plans for this book that, that went farther than what we thought. Because, yeah, because it almost could seem, uh, at least hearing Agent 70 talk about it, like it seemed like almost a um, Savage Avengers esque situation, but not exactly right. the same. Right. Like you, you feel like it should have ended somewhere, but not, but it's kind of still going. Which I guess the question I wanted to ask you, though, is it still good? It's good because you can still see what made it good. Mm-hmm. I just don't get the guest stars. Right. That's the kicker. And whether that's going to be a permanent thing or not. Right. Right. Whether or not it really adds anything to the ongoing story. Gotcha. And the other thing I was going to mention, uh, I was talking about gods. Um, I know somebody we know somebody we know online uh the the von gloom i guess is what he's going to uh, going by made a statement about because he was he's also reading this apparently what made a statement about basically that this would read uh better in trade which Mm -hmm. probably is the case because i know i read the first two kind of back to back and we're like yeah it, it was a little bit smoother there than not but i'm also used to you know fairly used to hickman's yeah, predilection for um <laughs> for walls of words, right? Um, and the mumbo jumbo therein. Um, but I don't know. There was there was, there was also something else about that. I was kind of it was kind of curious about, but it'll I'm sure it'll hold until I actually finish reading that issue. Um, but do you have your click? I think. I'm going to go with my first choice because I enjoyed reading it the most. That being Doctor Strange number 10, even though it was a pretty quick issue. Mm-hmm. You know, I definitely had another choice in Nightwing number 109, but I just wasn't as enthusiastic about how that story played out. Although I did like how 
they picked up a particular plot point that's been long standing in the pages of Batman and Nightwing. Mm -hmm. So um, that is a point in Nightwing's favor. But I think this week, Doctor Strange number 10 is my click of the week. You know, I was going to say, if you didn't have one, there was one pretty much built in for you that I'm surprised that you didn't have on your list. That being? That being, um, I'm trying to look up the, the, the thing here. Actually, you know what? We Neither one of us read that original X-Men book. Uh, oh, no, not, not with Greg Landart. <laughs> Wait, is he doing interiors? I thought it was just on covers. I think it's interiors too. Oh, okay. Well, I'm, I, I was still reading it, but I know it was, uh, but no, I didn't, I, I wasn't thinking about it for that part, but it was because that whole uh, thing we talked about that they were supposed to be, the whole adventure they're supposed to be getting on. Uh, and I'm curious as to how it's going to tie with everything that has happened in the last couple of years. But no, I am talking about Marvel Tales, ROM, uh, and X-Men number one. Ah, that's funny. <laughs> that's funny. I did, I, I did skim that. Uh-huh. I did skim that this week. I, I skimmed our review copy because it brought back a lot of memories, mm-hmm. and it didn't. You know, and I didn't have to dive into my ROM run to pull out those issues. Mm-hmm. You know, they're basically uh, it's basically a small collection of the three issues that the X Men guest starred in the pages of ROM Space Knight, and uh, you know, brought back some some fond memories of you know. I didn't I didn't read those. I didn't read most of those issues when they came out. I read them in back issue form as I was collecting, right. as I was uh, uh, filling in my ROM Space Night run. So gotcha. uh, still b- brought back some good memories of reading those. Because I thought about you when you saw it. I was like, wait, you didn't see it on your list. I'm like, I'm surprised. I'm very much surprised by that. I mean, I own those books already. So it's not, you know, th- it's just a reprint. So I know, but still, you know. Yeah, yeah, and, and that original X Men book is 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 definitely Greg Land doing interior art. So boom. Oh, okay, well I'll still check it out, but I'm kind of curious about the what's going on inside. But yeah, I know you, that'll that'll take you out of it. <laughs> yes, no, no, not reading that. Nope, nope, nope. So for myself, uh, while I'm while I'm actually sitting here, was actually still trying to mull over what I was thinking about to picking. I mean, obviously, the two Star Trek books are in the running. Um, Doctor Strange is definitely also in the running. Mm-hmm. Weirdly enough, the the the, the beginning part of a, uh, Amazing Spider Man uh, is also kind of a kind of in there. But at the same time, it's like I don't want to. You know, I think I feel like I gave it to Amazing fairly recently, and I don't want to give <laughs> well that much credit. I know that's kind of petty, but still, I know. Um, I get it. So. Um, I'm thinking though, both of the Star Trek books has been as good as they have been as, oh, I, as has been stated, has been in the past. And that's subjective because, you know, I like those, that, that stuff. So, um, but still, uh, hmm, I think, hmm. You know what? I, I I'm going to give it to Defiant Star Trek Defiant number ten. Um, it because it kind of even though it kind of hit on a couple of nostalgia 
beats that it kind of played on because but it's that's the kind of thing that's going to happen in these books like you just kind of have to accept it and like yeah one or one or both of these books are going to play past, play on uh past history or at the very least this book is definitely going to play on uh past history uh in the coming uh issues because of the mission that Worf and them are going on but there, there's always a reference to something in the past regardless because it's 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 a Star Trek book so yep and that being said, we have done this, and we are going to go into the um, news, but first, an ad read. Our first ad read of the night is for Funko, Fun at First Sight. It's your home for exclusive collectibles, such as their world-famous pop vinyl bobbleheads and apparel, including t-shirts, hats, and socks, and brand merchandise, such as custom DIY pop figures, art books, and skateboards. And now the listeners of the Comic Book Chronicles can enjoy 10% off your entire purchase when shopping at Funko. To place your first order with 10% off and to help keep our show free for you, Go to our network website at cspn.us, that's cspn.us, then click on the Keep Our Podcast Free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down to the Funko link and place your order. When you get to the checkout, put in the offer code SHOP10 for your 10% off discount. Funko through cspn.us. Do it today! And now we get into the news. As we get into the cinematic news, which with a little bit of, uh, well, I guess we shouldn't be surprised, I guess, uh, this was going to happen. But Marvel Studios drops Jonathan Majors following guilty verdict for harassment and assault. Uh, yeah, you, you, you're, you're a part of dumb shit. I mean, you, and you fumbled the bag. Uh, Fumble the bag. Thank you. Thank you. That is the term that I heard used when this story, you know, obviously was in the offing and about to hit. Fumbling the bag is definitely what this dude did because he already had the role. He had multiple roles lined up. I mean, multiple outings lined up in this role and he just fumbled it. Right. Now, that being said, and I, I don't want anybody to believe that I'm trying to take his side or anybody's side in the first place, there's, there's other things that I feel like that are still have not come out about this that we don't know about and we we'll probably never will know about because I feel like there's a little bit more there than we don't when we know. That being said, um, I feel like they were probably going to drop him regardless of whether he was innocent or guilty or innocent because of the, the press. Mm. I feel that kind of personally well right. that's like, yeah that's conjecture but now right. we don't have to worry about that because exactly. the, you know they actually found him guilty right but so either way that's you know what hey sorry sucks sucks that it happened but you know you did it to you can <laughs> you did it to yourself partner uh next up uh miriam shore is in early talks to become the latest to join the growing cast of james gunn's superman legacy so this is uh let's see here. Details of Shore's roles are being kept in the Fortress of Solitude. She is a gun alum though, playing a henchwoman known as Recorder Vim in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. Okay. Sure. I I I don't know if I remember her, but you know, uh, they're obviously, you know, wearing a lot of makeup and alien stuff when that, you know, uh, in, in Guardian. So sometimes it's hard to tell. 
Right. Yeah, I I, I can't even imagine who. Well, I like kind of can't imagine who, what part she would have. Yeah, I think I know. Play. I think I know what part of the movie she's in. I just right. couldn't recognize which part she's playing. Right. So, either way. All right. Uh, next up, speaking of the gun. Uh, James Gunn confirms that Major C, uh, DC writer is integral to the the as, excuse me is an integral part of the DCU. That writer is Tom King. Um, let's see. Apparently, so yeah, the duo of uh, Peter Gunn and uh, excuse me, Peter Gunn. Huh, that's funny. James Gunn and Peter Safran. Exactly. We know that uh, they have confirmed, according to this article, that there's a number of creators working behind the scenes on DCU's uh, fe- future. And that includes Tom King, whose work alongside Bill was. Uh, uh, Everly on Supergirl, uh, Woman of Tomorrow, which I know he had cited before on Twitter, or Twitter X slash X, whatever you want to call it, don't care, uh, is in, inspiring a forthcoming film of the same name. But also, this comes after Gunn named uh, King and Greg Smallwood's The Human Target miniseries, which I don't think any of us read, uh, as his favorite comic of 2023. Uh, quote, Tom is an integral part of DCU, not just W.O.T. That's World of Tomorrow. Uh, Gunn explained, he's one of the first people I showed the Superman script, asking for notes. He's included in various ways uh, in numerous other projects, including uh, uh, W.O.T. and yes. Wait. I remember, I Uh think both of us read the first issue or two of Human Target. I did, definitely. I don't remember right. if anybody else Because I remember we discussed it on the show. Right. So I think we both read, but we did not stick with it. So. Right. The, which is a similar to, uh, which I, I need to go back and finish reading that, um, uh, Danger Street, which just wrapped up. Um, so, because um, that one actually seems kind of harkening back to the whole vision thing in, in a way. But... Uh, Anyway, so yeah, that's that's there is that. So I guess he's you know, either going to be credited or slightly writing or something. He's going to have a hand in some of these uh, YouTube uh, YouTube should be, but um, DC projects. Next up, all right, a voiceover artist known for her role in Beast Wars Transformers has sadly been confirmed as having passed away. Pauline Newstone was a Canadian voice acting talent with a long career, and she supplied vocals to several franchises. These included Western animation as well as English dubs of numerous anime. Newstone's passing at the age of 79 occurred earlier this year in May 2023, although the exact reasons are not currently known. Uh, Rest in peace, Air Razor. Um, Which... um not the Rise of the Beast because that's Michelle Yeoh, but the, the original voice from the the Beast Wars cartoons, as well as other things, um, such as War for Cybertron and and other things that, as mentioned. So, oh, and she, and she also voiced the villainous alien Frieza in the Ocean yes. dub of Dragon Ball Z. Yes, which is a better dub than than the original. So you know that 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 is something. Mm. I'm yes. like dub, dub. Who? 
Yeah, anyway, there are some dubs. There was a couple, a few dubs that I that I still. But then again, I'm also an older standing uh, anime watcher than Agent Seventy is. So this, we, right. we kind of had. What I was we had. Say, didn't have right. Didn't have access to the Japanese with subtitles that way. Right. So uh, until yeah, until a little while later, and it was like, nope, this is better. Cool. Next up, though, uh, we're getting over into the anime corner, actually. Anime corner. Hold on. I'll pick something good. Yes. Um, wait, is that you or me? Uh, it's you. Because I uh, did uh, the Beast Wars story. Yeah. Uh, Spy Family uh, Code White anime film channels Disney in official collab poster. Wako Wako. That was me saying that, not it. But if you're watching the video version of this here podcast, you can see uh, the two. Oh, interesting. You can see uh, the Spy Family poster, which is mirroring the. Uh, poster for Disney's Witch Wish in Japan, or at least that's the the pan, the pan version that they have up. Um, or I actually, assume there's the collab for, um, poster with uh, the characters from those. That being Anna Bond for Spy Family, and I'm not sure the the characters for Wish, but nevertheless, um, there are that. So it's a cool looking poster, neat. Next up, Bonda. Yes, Bond. He's a good dog. Uh, Crunchyroll unveils its winter 2024 anime release calendar. So I guess, you know, I need to like knock it through my, my thick head that the winter season is in fact January through March or April. Mm-hmm. You know, in my brain, winter is already, you know, winter's already winter. come. Yeah, I was about so, to say. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh-huh. So, um... Let's see. So, uh, let's see. So, Fantasy and Isekai, once again, dominate Crunchyroll for winter 2024. There's a whole list of titles here that will be dropping mm-hmm. in 2024. I'm going to, in in the winter of 2024, I'm going to do a real quick look through here for anything that jumps out at me. There is a, some One Piece stuff, obviously, that's dropping. Solo leveling. The new stuff is dropping. Uh, yeah, that's pretty cool for those people. For people, you know, I know that Roddy Cat is probably scrolling through this right now. So uh, enjoy this because the stuff I want is coming out a little later. Hey, he might find uh, something new, folks. We don't know. I'll be watching hiking for the 700 million time. Well, that's probably a given. Um, <laughs> I mean, you know I, what? I need to go back to my list of uh, anime and mm-hmm. uh, consult that. Maybe I'll get back to Yu Yu Hakusho at some point. Yes. Yes. Which I need to go back to that live action, which I didn't go back to because of things happening in the past couple of days. But hey. Um, yeah. Solo leveling, like Agent 70 said, is definitely a, a topper for me. Burn the Witch. Point eight would be one if I had watched the first the original first three whatever odd episodes of that and finished Bleach or got to a point where I felt like that would 
be um, a reason to. But then again, I know it's in the world of Bleach, not necessarily tied to Bleach. So what I don't see on this list is Fire Force. Again, mm. what the hell? So that's all I'm gonna say about that. Uh, but they do have the Fire Hunter season two, which I don't know what the the season one is. And uh, the of and High Card season two, which I can only assume uh, has to do with cards uh, or, yeah. or gambling cards, not like Yu Gi Oh. Right. <laughs> but I don't know. So yeah, solo leveling, and that's solo leveling is only going to be in the, in the next what two weeks. And uh, yes, uh, so I am very much looking forward to that uh, as I as I continue through the the manga. Anyway, as we continue through the show, next up, there we go, uh, Jujutsu Kaisen, uh, Nanami, and Gojo Actors Secure Major Voice Actor Awards. So, uh, Kenjiro Suda and Yuichi Nakamura won awards that fit very well for both themselves and the characters from the universe of Jujutsu Tech, according to this article. And that is from Japanese magazine Vivi, who gave them the awards. So, cool. Next up. Dr. Stone Season 4 has officially been announced. The series will head towards its conclusion. So, uh, the Season 3 anime, Season 3 of the anime reached its final episode earlier this month on December 21st. So, at the end of the final episode, the production of the fourth season was announced. The season four is confirmed to be the final season of the anime adaptation titled Dr. Stone's Science Future. Okay. I've heard good I had things about idea. this one. Yeah, I've heard good things about this one, but I've never watched it, uh, an episode of it. Same. So, uh, next, I, I don't know what's on my list. I'm looking at my list now. I don't see Dr. Stone on my list. I have I not got a recommendation on that, but it is also yeah. a current anime. Right, yeah, I don't recall you talking about that either, so I don't expect to suspect it to, to have been so. Uh, Suzume Blu ray and limited edition uh, lead Crunchyroll's March 2024 home releases. So, I think we talked about Suzume, excuse me, winning an award last time, time we talked about it, or last, uh, t- uh, last episode that we recorded. So, I guess that's cool because I have not watched this movie. But it says there's more One Piece, like Agent 70 said. So there's that coming in Blu-rays. Uh, Ruby, RWBY, um, and some other stuff. I don't see anything, any any other notable thing. Oh, oh wait, Spy Family Part 2 um, is going to be out on Blu-ray in March. So there you go. Next up. Oh, we're transitioning over into comic book news. I don't see any manga news. That's correct. So Dawn of DC's Green Arrow run is officially becoming an ongoing series. Joshua Williams and Sean uh, Isaacs's uh, Green Arrow run started as a miniseries but gained enough popularity to become a robust 12-issue series before being extended again and becoming an ongoing. Okay. Yeah, because I was kind of wondering about it. I had caught up with the end of that last issue, and it didn't seem as though... Well, it definitely didn't seem like it was ending. Or if it was ending, it was ending as in a way of, hey, these people are going to show up someplace else. So it wasn't quite sure how that was going to go. And I think issue seven... Whoops. 
came out this week. So that is a, a, another thing, but that's cool. That book's been been not bad. Um, Good, yeah. So got me reading a Green Arrow book, which I guess wouldn't have probably taken much. No, that that, that, that didn't come out. That was Green Lantern that came out. Actually, excuse me, that was Green Lantern um, um, War Journal that came out this week that I forgot to to read, but I'm also like two issues behind. Anyway, regardless, speaking of Green Lantern. Uh, Green Lantern finally fixes a major fan criticism of his powers, and I believe this is spoilers for that Justice League, um, no, 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 this is not, actually, excuse me, this is for Green Lantern number six, which I have not read yet, actually, because I was also reading that, um, but I do know it was, uh, coming to a head, uh, with a meeting between him and Sinestro, and according to this, um... Which I guess is spoilers for me, but also I feel like this is something how Jordan's done before. So basically he he constructs a mech with his power ring upgrade, which is not necessarily a standard green green lantern ring as we've come to find out during the course of this thing. Right. Uh uh and um and a Sinetro Sinetro kindly, you know, did a kaiju. So almost it felt like it was harkening you know, back to that Justice League um uh Godzilla thing, so yeah, I don't know. Anyway, next up. All right, Batman Superman World's Finest celebrates a landmark issue with a special William Shatner variant cover. Really? Uh, it's a special celebrity cameo variant cover featuring sci fi legend William Shatner to celebrate the landmark 25th issue. Wow. You know, if you love Dan Moore's art and and you know, and it's some very good art, you, you will probably enjoy it. <laughs> it's if you're watching the video version, you can see the the variant cover. Um, next up, though, oops, uh, we get into a little bit of toy corner. I was about to say, just hold hold out for a second. Okay, I didn't realize that Batman Superman World's Finest has Batman in the blue and gray. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're in Earth twenty two now, which, like I said, I talked about it earlier. And the Batman there is, you know, it's it's Kingdom Come universe. I don't remember if you've ever read Kingdom Come, so they're in those. I did. And, yeah. I did. I read it when it when it first dropped, but yeah. I haven't really touched on it that often since. Yeah, so that's where they are basically in, in that mm-hmm. universe. It's just interesting to see Batman in the blue and gray. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Next up, though, speaking of uh, Batman. Uh, Batman animated series adds Joker, Riddler, and more to McFarlane Toys collection. So yeah, we're getting some the uh, McFarlane Toys are doing stuff from from Batman TES. Um, do we actually have any? This story actually talks more about the voice acting than the toys, but okay, sure. Like it's like three par- paragraphs of talking about the voice actor, which granted is stellar, great, you know, you know, but I'm like if you're talking about the toys, talk about the toys, man. <laughs> but uh, let's see, you can, uh, oh, you can pre-order McFarlane's Target exclusive Wave Two on their website. Each figure is twenty four ninety nine individually and will be released on January twenty sixth, twenty twenty four. If you watch the video version, you can see the. Um, you can see the figures 
there, which is a Batman. I don't know what is what. What has he got on his head? Uh, a Commissioner Gordon, uh, a Riddler, a Joker, and I, I'm actually not entirely sure who the hell this is in the middle. Oh no. Um. Hold on, hold on. Let me open it. And I've watched the shit out of some Batman animated series, and I'm pretty sure this article probably says, but I didn't want to. Me, <laughs> you got me wondering now. Check. Uh, actually, I'm pretty sure it says here, and, and I'm just. All right. Um, oh, waiting. robot Batman. That's who that was. Okay. Got it. Oh, with the red eyes. Uh yes, but I mean the 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 figure in the middle is the one I was um talking about. Lock up. Lock up. Who the hell is that? Look at the corner. Look at the corner of the box. It says collect. Uh, collect. That's the builder figure, right? Yeah, that's still that's the the builder figure. Yeah, but that's not telling me who that is though, because I'm not sure who the hell that is. Oh, you know, I think he was one of those one-off villains. I don't know if that's an actual DC villain, but it probably is. Yeah. Well, if they're, they're pulling it from the from the TAS, I would assume it maybe it was, but I don't know. Or maybe that was from, like, um, when they did the Batman and Robin Adventures or something. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Regardless, there's, there's a Joker, there's a Riddler, there's a Gordon, and Robot Batman for some other reason. So, either way, next up. Alrighty, so... Diamond Select Toys Marvel Lines has some new additions to it. And um in the this is all coming out in the in the December 2023 solicitations. So these are all coming out in 2024. You're going to have the opportunity for a Marvel Select Annihilus, a Gallery Joe Fixit, animated Silver Surfer and busts of Ben Riley Spider-Man and Classic Hulk. And all of these are now up for pre-order. So, yeah, that's a Scotty Young Silver Surfer. Um, the Hulk bust. Ugh, ben Riley, Go away, Ben Riley. And, yeah, so, you know, you know, if this is up your alley, good for you. You know, happy for you. That Joe Fixit, the last Joe Fixit um, statue looks actually not, not bad. Um, sure. But outside of that, yeah, the the Annihilus, uh, I guess, would be the one if you did not already have one. Right. Wait, was there already one? For Marvel, Marvel Legends? Legends? Yeah, but it's yeah. been a while. Okay. It's been a while. It's, the character is definitely due for a redo. Oh, and this is Marvel Select, not Marvel Legends. But still, yes, yeah. yes, yes. But in terms of Marvel Legends, the character is definitely due for a redo, I think. Now I'm going to have to Google that and double check. Uh, says the only Marvel Legends Annihilus figure was ever was a builder figure back in 2006. Oh, okay. All right. So it has been a while. Yeah. That's what I remember. That's what I remember. So there you and go. that was pre, that was pre, well, that was uh, early Hasbro, late Toy Biz. Right. So cool. Next up, though, we get back into some, some comic book news. Quicksilver's new costume perfectly updates his original Avengers costume. Uh, and this is, I guess, uh, oh, this is going into that uh, Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver um, uh, series that's coming out next year. And we get some character sketches from Russell Dodderman. Uh, you, if you're watching the, the video version, you can see 
the uh the update to his old green uniform from from uh the um early Avengers slash Brotherhood of Evil Mutants days. Which wait. Yeah, whatever. Um so, yeah. There that's gonna be a thing. And it's coming uh February fourteenth. Just in time for Valentine's Day. Aw. Which, which, wait, did they do anything? No, man, I'll ask you after the show, because I was about to ask you about Uncanny Adventures. <laughs> Next up, though. Marvel announces a prelude comic series for the upcoming X-Men 97 animated series on Disney+. Plus. It's going to be a four-issue comic book miniseries written by Marvel Comics veterans. Uh, let's see. So this is going to be created in conjunction in conjunction with the showrunners. And I'm looking, I'm scrolling. So, first issue is written by Steve Fox, art by Salva Espen, with a cover by Todd Nock. Looking to see who the other creators are. Because they talk about uh, comic book veterans. I assume Steve Fox is the one they're, they're mean. Yeah. Who has been around for a minute? Uh, right, 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 right. Doing Marvel stuff, so. Okay. Yeah, and Salva Espen, I guess, yeah. Salva I'm. I've seen that name, but I don't know. Uh, either way, hey, yeah, sure. It's, I think, what, if, I think you said, I don't remember if you did, it's supposed to be a, um, it's supposed to set It's up. meant to bridge, right. Well, right. I did not say this. It's meant to bridge the gap between the new series and the first. Right. So. Cool. Uh, next up, Marvel's new uh, Ultimate X-Men reveals first details. Shout out to our, our, our homie uh, Tim Adams for the story. Uh, and I guess I'll go so far as to say that, hey, March uh, 2024 solicitations are out and some of the stuff probably could have come from there. This particular um, article definitely did, but um, you can see uh, solicitations for Marvel, DC, and Transform- Skybound's Transformers line in the show notes if you so choose to want to peruse that stuff. But this article is talking about uh, Ultimate X-Men number one and talks about what the solicitation states uh, therein, which is, this is uh, Peach Momoko's Ultimate X-Men number one. Because uh, that's who's uh, writing and doing the art for this. Which shout out to Peter Momoko, got her own little uh, um, cottage in- industry uh, or cottage series is going on with uh, within the X Men universe. Mm-hmm. So, but uh, it says here that uh, quote in Japan, urban legends have sprung to life and brought some unusual new powers with them meet armor may storm and a group of new ultimate x-men the likes of which you've not seen before and this is again in the ultimate universe if that wasn't made any kind of clear by the titling next up all right in a book that i talked about earlier tonight or in this episode hydra captain america has officially adopted a familiar villain code name that is also i forgot about this that also has a, a role in the MCU. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm not going to spoil it. This book is very, very current, very, very new. But yeah, it's a familiar villain codename if you are familiar with the history of Captain America. Yeah. Uh, Marvel's new Aliens What If comic will bring back major franchise character, which is kind of funny because I was actually thinking about 
this person and potentially this character recently. Um, so yes, so they're doing Marvel's doing a what if in the aliens universe, and the character in question is Paul Reiser's Burke uh, from Aliens, who, if I remember correctly, didn't make it through that whole thing, rightly so. Uh, and it also looks like a Ripley's been misspelled, but hey, um, oh, believe it or not. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this is also from March solicitations. <laughs> so damn silly. Um, <laughs> that's pretty good. You have to uh, be of, of a certain vintage to get that particular joke. Absolutely. And uh, we both are definitely of that vintage. <laughs> um, believe it or not. Um, so I, I should pull that as a sound drop. Sure. Yeah, I'm going to write works. that down right now. <laughs> nice. Uh, you could probably pull a fact of fiction with a Frakes, but, you know, we'll, we'll talk about that later. Um, but, yeah, I didn't know Paul Reiser. They misspelled Paul Reiser's name right in the second paragraph. That's crazy. Actually, they they did it in the 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 um, the the, the, the HTML text. Anyway, you know what? Um, Paul Reiser is. I did not know Paul Reiser is in the boys. Because yes, because I hadn't seen. Yes, Paul he has Reiser. a guest. Yeah, he has a a guest role. It has uh, something to do with uh, Soldier Boy, right? If I recall. Some uh, some folks might remember Paul Reiser from Mad About You, probably most probably for some folks. Some might even go so far back or forward to the first Beverly Hills Cop movie. One and uh, two. Was he in two? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I guess he did kind of show up for a second and then, uh, okay. I thought he was just in one. I wonder if they're going to bring him back for four. Because uh, that was the reason why I was talking about it. It was like, because I after, after he I. Is. This, He's in four. He's in the trailer. Is he? I didn't see him. He's in the trailer. Rewatch the trailer. He's I'm there. Gonna rewatch it then. Okay, because I was like, "Well, shit, they got get everybody." I didn't think they were they were gonna get after him, but it makes sense. So Listen, that's why, I, and that's why I was thinking about it. Because like, the person, yeah, I was about to say they got everyone, but the person they can't get, unfortunately, who's no longer with us. Exactly. That's mm. unfortunate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But either way, um, so yeah, aliens. What if uh, number one preview is in this article? Um, wait, Paul Reiser is writing this or part okay. of the writing of this? Well, according to this, it says, is, is Paul Reiser, Leon Reiser, Paul Reiser, Paul Reiser, Leon Reiser, which I assume is some kin, uh, Adam F. Goldberg, Hans uh, Ridionov, and Brian Volk Weiss, uh, all, and, and then it has um, W for writers. No, Brian Vogelweiss from um, uh, the those um, was it Toys That Made Us shows? Oh, okay. If or or Toy Stores around the you know what I'm talking about Toys That Made Us, yeah, the, and movies yeah, yeah. that made us, yeah, 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 yeah. Actually, let's find this. Yep, uh, he is the founder and current chief executive officer of the Sale Company. Yep, and and successor uh that. Uh, whose channel I just saw something about recently, but 
Um, and it looks like the story is what if Carter Burke had lived? Because it was spoiler alert for a almost thirty year, probably a thirty year old movie, probably older than that actually. Um, um, yeah, Paul Reiser's character don't make it out of the second Aliens movie, so this uh, story is going to be about what if he did. And also, Guya Villanova is doing art, if I, if I neglected that. And uh, for folks that can see uh, the video version, uh, the cover's done by Phil Noto, which you could kind of tell if you know anything about that. Anyway, anywho's, I don't know. I haven't been reading any of the Alien stuff, but I'm glad they're doing something with that. <laughs> they're continuing to do something with that. So, Next up. All right, Peter David, co-creator of Miguel O'Hara, is returning to the character's adventures in Symbiote Spider-Man 2099, a new series with artist Roger Antonio, the artist best known for his work on Carnage. This is not the first time David has returned to the character and this world, and this world, but it has been a few years, and this marks what Marvel calls the next epic chapter in David's hit Symbiote Spider-Man saga. Okay. Wait, it hadn't even been a few years, because I feel like he's had something between this year and last year. I had a couple. With with Spider-Man 2099? Well, no, but Peter Jeffrey in general. Is oh, what I, meant. I got but, you. Yeah. I, think, I think they're talking about you know, a few years since with, he's touched on Spider-Man 2099. Right. Right, right. So, um, either who's, and yeah, it also mentions um, um, Peter David's um, health issues, of which he still has a GoFundMe, so I'm, one, glad he's working in so he can get some, you know, get some, some funds. Um, new Ultimate Spider-Man will team up with classic Marvel villain. Uh, and that villain is, I guess this is a solicitation for Ultimate Spider-Man 3. If you are watching the video version, you can see who that person potentially is. And it's a person that we talked about, um, well, we hinted about earlier in a book, let's just say. <laughs> but, wait. It says here... Da, 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 oh, wait. Actually, I could be wrong about that, but this solicitation... Oh. Actually, one, it is a person that we've kind of been talking about in a way, but not the person that I was looking at... Um, uh, in the from this cover, it's actually someone who's um maybe returning back to an old uh an an old but classic um name if, if they continue to do something with this character. But this is the ultimate universe, so it's different. Next up, though, and lastly, all right, our last story for tonight is that Titan Comics has revealed previews for Quentin Tarantino and Don Coppola graphic novels. So these books will be arriving in 2024. Uh, So these are previews for Amazing Amiziani's Quentin by Tarantino and Don Coppola Volume 2. Let's see here. So they released a trailer for Quentin by Tarantino alongside the previews for the two graphic novels. Okay. The Tarantino graphic novel delves into the career of filmmaker and the Don Coppola graphic novel chronicles the life of the Godfather's Francis Ford Coppola and will be the second installment in uh, Amazing Amiziani's trilogy. Okay. So these are going to uh, debut 
in 2024 for the price of looking for the price looking for the price don't I believe it says actually yeah it doesn't have it oh, oh, yes, it does. yes it does yes it does 24.99 there it is 24.99 uh 240 pages arrives in february 24 24.99 and the that's the Tarantino book, and the Coppola book is two hundred twenty eight pages, and will same price you in July for the same price, right? So, if you're interested in either one of those, hey, go for it. I guess more power to you. Exactly. And with that, folks, we have come to actually. There was another uh, article I was going to put it in, but it was a spoiler for something that we hadn't read yet. So I was like, why do that to either one of ourselves? Uh, but with that, folks, uh, comes to the end of the news. As you're looking at something you probably shouldn't be seeing. Uh, let's get one last ad read, please. Our last ad read of the night is for Amazon. Listen, it's almost Christmas. You're probably not going to get these in time. But if you need them right after Christmas, keep our podcast free by shopping at Amazon. Visit cspn.us, then click the Keep Our Podcast Free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down and click on the Amazon link to shop. Purchase items from Amazon as you normally would, whether it's books, music, electronics, jewelry, apparel, or Marvel Legends. For every purchase made on Amazon through our link, Amazon sends the CSPN a payment. It helps us keep the Comic Book Chronicles podcast free for our listeners at no extra cost to you. Amazon.com through cspn.us. Do it today. All right, folks, that is the end of this here podcast uh, for this evening. Uh, I don't know why these um, shots keep moving, but I wish they would stop because that's annoying. We have officially, at the end of this recording, hit Christmas Eve Eve. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, we, we, we turn yeah. the calendar into December 24th. Mm-hmm. So, so I guess yes. from... From from our entire show, I'd like to wish you and yours a very Merry Christmas. Yeah. All of that. Um, and with that, I have been Radicat. You can find me at Radicat on Twitter. You can find me at Newsnews Need on Twitter. You can find me at CB Caps on Instagram. Agent underscore 70 on Twitter and Instagram and threads. PCN underscore dirt on Twitter, popculture on Twitter, popculturenetwork.com, and in all the little portals of sites therein. And Tim, D-O-G-G-9-8 on Twitter. CB Cron on Twitter, which is the Comic Book Chronicles uh, Twitter account. Uh, excuse me. Uh, the Click Nation on Twitter. TheClickNation.com. And last but never, ever, 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 ever least, he is over at ComicBook.com writing his face off. Uh, you can find this here podcast on the Coastal of the Podcast Network. That's ESPN.us. Do it today. Uh, you can also find us on your podcast for places of choice, whether it be Google Play, Apple iTunes, aka Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the Coastal of the Podcast Network SoundCloud page. Make sure to click like, subscribe, and leave us all the positive five-star reviews, especially on Apple Podcasts. And of course, uh, we stream, mostly stream uh, every Thursday night, most times, mostly, uh, on the channel, the YouTube channel of the click nation. That's youtube.com slash the click nation and twitch.tv slash comic book chronicles. Uh, 
Make sure to click like, subscribe, and hit the notification button so you know when we are on live. Oh, okay. Weird. Uh, yeah, so hopefully all of you, if, again, if you celebrate uh, Christmas, and I guess we're still in the throes of Hanukkah also. Are we? I'm, I don't know. <laughs> I thought they end. I thought the eighth day already ended. Yeah. I honestly don't know, so I could be talking about my ass on that one. Um, regardless, whatever. Uh, but I do know Kwanzaa is, is the day after Christmas. I, I can safely say that. So, whatever holiday, or if you're, uh, you know, the rest of us, and there's Festivus, you know, for all of that. I was about to say we just finished Festivus. So there you go. All of the the, the holidays, the holidays, uh, whatever you celebrate or don't. Oh. Hanukkah ran from the seventh through the fifteenth. Okay, so yeah, that was uh, so probably should have said that last episode. Um, but either way, it's, it's still holiday time for somewhere or somewhere. How do they? Uh, and we're going into the new year, so that's going to be uh, something. Uh, in fact, yes, the next show comes a couple of days before the new year's, just like this one was supposed to originally. Right, right. We'll be recording. We'll be recording the next episode right before the new year, whether or not this podcast episode drops in time for you to hear it before the new year is another thing. But, uh, you know, we'll save our new year's wishes for the next episode. Yeah. And in this particular episode, as you as you are hearing, this uh, will likely not make it <laughs> before um, uh, Christmas Day, which is Monday. Right. So, right. We hope you've had, regardless, had a, had a lovely holiday or lo- and or a lovely day. And we're just going to say this has been the Chronicle Chronicles. Peace. Peace one. My time is up. Peace out to Brooklyn. Good evening, Would you believe it? it's, it's Dr.